0: chapter 26 of devarim begins with the commandment that upon bringing the first fruits to the temple when you come into the land you shall take the first fruits that grow in your land that God gives you, place it in the basket, and go to the place that your God has chosen to establish God's name there. And what follows is a description of a recital that is made upon bringing the first fruits, reshit Kopri Adama, to the sacred place. The basket is handed to the Kohen, handed to the priest, And Via v'amartu l'fnei Hashem Elohecha, you shall then recite the following set of verses. And this recitation, which begins with the words Arami, which most plausibly literally means that my father was a wandering Aramean, by Yered Mitzrayim, went down to Egypt, and the verses describe the going down to Egypt, becoming in Egypt a great nation, and the next verse describes the persecution in Egypt Vayanu. The Egyptians harmed us. They abused us Kasha and subjected us to slavery. And the next verse talks about our crying out to God in response And God heard our voice by Iishmahem at by Yareto Nyeinu, Viat Amoleinu, Viat Rachatsenu, and God's swear, our, our difficulties, our travail, our oppression, and the next verse, Vayotzieneh Hashemim Mitzrayim, Biyadchasakol Vizran Tu Yaga, took us out of Egypt with a strong hand, outstretched arm, Moragado Biototu fromultim, with awesome power, signs, importance. These verses should be familiar to us. Because they are the core text of the Passover Haggadah, these four verses. The actual recital continues, and the one bringing the first fruits then continues and says, anu eretz God brought us to this place. and now, reshit I bring the first fruits of the from the land that you have given me. Vinahto lefnei Hashem Elohecha vishtachavitol lefnei Hashem Elohecha, and his, he shall place it down before God and bow down. V'samachto bechol atov, you shall rejoice in all the good. Hashem natan l'cha Hashem Elohecha uve'techo all that God has done for you and your household. Atova halevi you and the Levite, the Levi, v'yager Hashem b'khir So this is what is known as mikra b'kirim. This is the text that's recited upon bringing the first fruits to the temple, and as I mentioned, it's the core text of the Passover, Haggadah, the core text of the Seder, which is, of course, a very interesting choice, given the fact that these verses, of course, are from the book of Devarim. They're not from the book of Exodus. And the night that we are reliving, describing, studying the Exodus, the core text is not from the book of Exodus. So, this parasha one might think logically belonged earlier. In the beginning of the set of laws that the book of Zvarim has as a centerpiece of the book, way back in chapter 11 and 12, it talks about laws that relate specifically to coming into the chosen place. And this is a perfect candidate to be listed not in chapter 26, but way back in chapter 11 and 12. One could say, And I saw that uh, Professor Jeffrey Teague in his work on Deuteronomy, JPS, an excellent piece of work I would add, talks about the possibility, he raises the question, he talks about the possibility of seeing it as an envelope structure. In point of fact, it may be an envelope structure, but it's here for a very different reason, and actually a very important reason, which has to do with the way the Book of Devarim is set up. I had mentioned earlier that the Book of Devarim has three parts. The first part is a retelling of the history, or one might say a reinterpretation of the history. And then there's the laws. And the last portion of the book of Dvarim is about a covenant which is established between God and the people. I say covenant could be covenants. Now the covenant, the earlier covenant, of course the covenant of Sinai, The Tablets are the Tablets of the Covenant, Shnei Luchot And as we studied earlier, and the Ramban was very aware of this, that the Covenant of Sinai in the Book of Exodus is reformulated at the end of the Book of Ayikra in chapter 25, 26 in terms of blessings and curses. In the Book of Devarim we also have blessings and curses. Chapter 28, even longer curses, And what's interesting is that in chapter 26 of Ayikra, when the Torah speaks about the observance of the covenant and the commandments, it talks in general terms, does the Torah, but it singles out one particular mitzvah to represent all the mitzvot, which is mentioned more than once in chapter 26, and that is the mitzvah of the sabbatical year, the Shabbat Haaretz, which is formulated largely in the previous chapter in chapter 25, together with the attendant rules, the jubilee year, etc., and in 26 it talks about potential exile from the land for the failure to observe the sabbatical year. Now the covenant of, primary covenant of the book of Dvarim, the covenant of the plains of Moab, also has a blessing and a curse in chapter 28, but does it have a central mitzvah that it singles out to represent all the mitzvot. So in chapter 28, it talks about, at great length, the uh, potential for being exiled from the land. And the reason that it gives is a very strange one. The reason it seems to give. And the Torah says that the reason, that which will cause the banishment from the land, is because you failed to serve God with simcha, uvetuv levav, you failed to serve God when you had abundance, you had all kinds of blessings. This is found in chapter 28 verse number 47. You did not serve the Lord your God in joy and gladness. Over the abundance of everything, you shall have to serve in hunger and thirst, naked and lacking everything, the enemies whom the Lord will let loose against you. What does this mean? Because you failed to serve God, Basimcha, you have what are horrific punishments of chapter 28. It's hard to believe that it's talking about somebody who observes the Torah, but doesn't do it out of a sense of joy. Does it perhaps out of a sense of obligation? It's hard to believe that that person is a candidate for the horrific punishments that the Torah describes later in the book of Dvarim. It certainly cannot mean that. And what it does mean, I believe, is something very different. The book of Dvarim talks on several occasions about Simcha, the Samachta of Hashem Elohecha. In chapter 16, you shall rejoice before God on your festivals, on the festival of Shavuot, on the festival of Sukkot, and the Torah says, you shall rejoice with your God before your God, you and your family, and the widow, and the orphan, and the stranger, and the levy, the people on the margins. The simcha of the book of Zvarim always involves including those who don't have. And the same thing is true, actually, in our chapter, in chapter 26, the one who brings the first fruits to the temple who describes the history. My father was a wandering Aramean, came down to Egypt, we were persecuted, we cried out to God, God responded, here I am today with my first fruits which you have given me. And then the Torah says, at the end of this section The blessing of abundance, the blessing of land, has to be shared. So the Chapter 26 is an introduction to Part 3 of the Book of Devarim, which is the Covenant. And the Covenant is predicated on a particular mitzvah which represents all the mitzvot. In the Book of Vayikra, the mitzvah was the mitzvah of Shemitah, not taking what doesn't belong to you. The Covenantal Mitzvah of Devarim is very different. And it's striking that the language that's used when the Torah speaks about Bikurim is not only the word Eretz, land. The Shemitah is spoken of as being Eretz, Arzacha. But the mitzvah of Bikurim, the first fruits, the Torah does use the word Eretz, but the Torah also uses the the word Adama. And there's a difference between Adama and Eretz. Eretz is a geographical place, but Adama is the land that you work. The human being is to work the land. And the difference is very... Profound. The Torah in Vayikra speaks about recognizing what is not yours, what is actually God's. It's God's land. We are strangers and sojourners with God, and therefore, since it's not really ours, the land will return in the Jubilee year, and we have to share, because really it's not ours that we're sharing. We leave the corners of the field, but the idea is to understand that in some deep sense, it's really not mine. The book of Dvarim is very different. The book of Dvarim speaks about a land which is mine. It's my land. It's my land. I work the land, and the first fruits are from the land that I work. Having said that, I have to recognize that, first of all, it's my land, but without God's help, it wouldn't be my land. That's the whole parshavarami ovedovi. There are those who came before us. God has helped me, and those who came before me made it possible for me to have what I have. But the land, which is my land, the book of Dvarim is about my land, my country, my institutions. The God of Sefer Dvarim is up in heaven. We visit three times a year. But specifically because it's mine, I have the privilege and responsibility to share. And that's very different. It's very interesting that the idea that, of recognizing that even though I do the work, that God has Provided the opportunity, which is part and parcel of chapter 26 of our chapter, is reflected in the practice of making blessings before we eat. There's a whole range of blessings. Everything that we eat is preceded by making a blessing. Two blessings are of supreme significance, the two most central blessings. One is on the bread, and one is on the wine. And those blessings co- can cover not only the bread and the wine, but other things that we eat in con- or drink in conjunction with the bread and the wine. And it's very striking, because unlike the fruit, unlike the vegetables, the bread doesn't actually come from the earth. Hamotzi lechem minaretz, we say. So God didn't provide the bread from the earth. We, we make the bread. We work very hard, but we recognize that without the rain, without the soil, without the appropriate weather, nothing is possible. So there specifically, the most important blessings are blessings that we make over things that we do the work. And we have to recognize that even though we do the work, but it was made possible by God. And over here in the parsha of Arama Yorvedavi, it was made possible by the God who brought us to the land, also made possible by those who came before us. So unlike the book of Ayikra, which speaks of a land that's God's land, the book of Devarim speaks about a land which is my land. But specifically, because it's my land, I have the obligation to share with others, which the Torah calls Simcha. the And failure to understand that I have the obligation to share with others in the book of Devarim will end up with the banishment, with the exile of chapter 28, which unlike the exile of Ayikra, chapter 26, which simply speaks about being banished from the land, the exile of chapter 28 does speak about being banished in general, but has a very specific focus on the land of Egypt. In fact, the last verse of chapter 28 speaks about God bringing us back to Eretz Mitzrayim, bringing us back to the land of Egypt. If we don't learn the lessons of freedom, says the book of Dvarim then we repeat history. We go back to that very same place all over again and try a second time to understand what it means to be free, what it means to have our own space, and the obligations that come with that.